0: Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George is like watching movies now. I mean, he's like a pop cultural um, expert, at least in... Two genres. Immediate (laughs) circle of his family who never watch any movies. He's the go-to film critic of the Warners of (laughs) New Jersey.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: They're now
2: calling him, George, should we watch this?
1: Yeah, my sister texts me and she's like, I just uh, found your podcast, and uh, I haven't seen any of these movies either.
2: <laughs> we should have an episode where all the Warner's in one room.
1: I have to buy a bigger interface. You're
0: going to need a lot more inputs. Yeah, and you're going to need like 12 inputs. A couple of uh, <laughs> decibel pads, if I understand it correctly. Yes, decibel pads, yes. Christ
2: Party of 13, Christ Party of
0: 13. Six <laughs> kids, Catholic. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> oh, guys, guys, I watched a movie for fun. What? Over, like, yeah, over the, on Save it Saturday for the pod. night. What was it? Well, I don't. I don't think it's okay. something that you we're never be know. Doing. It was um, season it was, four. It was an alien movie. What was it called? Um, hold on, it's coming to me. Arrival.
2: Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, with uh, Amy good. Amy Adams. I, I think? I
1: don't know any of the actors. It was good. Redhead. Yeah, a couple of guys that I work with at uh, Guitar Center mm. um told me that I should watch it, and we. I I guess I, I kind of feel like I'm maybe like cheating on you guys a little bit are they producers we, of we the all, show no we all watched it <laughs> and then we like talked about it the next day
2: all right dan cross that off of
1: season what? three. Oh
0: Damn. my gosh he's in a and movie i said, book club. i
1: suggested i suggested yo guys we should record this and like put it in a podcast form well he is
2: cheating on us
1: <laughs> not just like <playing. laughs> he's already shopping <laughs> no they That's... just wanted they just wanted me to
0: see it so mm. i watched it it was good huh Hey George, I did you open up uh, 400 movies? Did you open up your Christmas present yet? I think it's still
1: in the mailbox. Dude, go. I for, th- totally th- forgot about it. Oh, what? Dude. What? <laughs> All right, hold on. I'll be right back. I'm <laughs> Take serious. the mic I'm with serious. you. <laughs> I'll be right back.
2: Record him going to the mailbox. <laughs> do you do, do, do. Do like, do
1: like pitter patter?
2: Open the door. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm, I'm Michael Winslow.
0: We could talk about him while he's gone. <laughs> Let's talk about him while The he's listeners gone. will hear it, and he won't hear it until we publish the episode. <laughs> I love it. Can you believe he went
2: and saw a movie without us?
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: I'm devastated. My heart. I was like...
0: My heart.
2: <sighs> weren't we going to do a whole season on Invasion movies?
0: Ugh. Nah. No. Not anymore.
2: Not anymore. Now, it's all over.
0: Just uh, nothing but Michael Winslow movies. That's all we're doing <laughs> Season Just for three. that,
2: I think we should watch Sleepaway Camp.
0: <laughs> oh, we're watching Sleepaway Camp.
2: And uh and make him watch uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes.
0: I've got Return of the Killer Tomatoes here. <laughs> I was watching it the other day. It's not good, but we, I watched it as a kid and I thought it was funny yeah, then. So yeah. I guess stuff.
2: I think the stuff is probably way better than
0: that. I watched that the other day and it's a hell of a movie.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
0: It's fun. And the remake of The Blob is good. I haven't seen that yet.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a good 90s, late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. I think it's late 80s,
0: 88-ish. Oh, he's back. Stop talking about him.
2: Yeah, I, I hear keys. With the mail system, I'm surprised we got it. I still have packages uh, that I mailed four weeks ago.
0: Yeah, the priority is coming through fine. Yeah, priority, the Joy uh, for taking extra money and actually serving us. Um, I <laughs> want to hear about your packages, Travis. Yeah, well, but yeah, my yeah. replacement DVDs from or Blu-rays from the Friday the Thirteenth pack that I bought in July and received in October. Uh, What's in the box? They were last seen uh, November thirtieth in Kansas City, and mm. they are still in transit to the next facility. And it my is my son's December controller
2: 30th. is sitting in Maryland since November or December nineteenth, Christmas gift. Hasn't moved.
0: Did you like print out a picture of it and wrap it up and be like, ha ha? <laughs> no,
2: I just told him uh, one more gift is coming.
0: Oh, that's nice. Preserve the mystery.
2: Preserve it. Yeah, All right, so um, he's opening on air.
0: First, uh, first
1: unboxing. <laughs> first, maybe first ever unboxing podcast ever.
2: Yes, you, you have to find the soundbite of uh, what's in the box. No, what's,
1: what's in the, the box? box? Uh, this box. I, I'm sure this box opens. Hold on.
2: California, stay away from here.
1: The Frig?
2: John Doe will have one.
1: Jeez Louise!
2: Wow, it's fortified.
1: Yeah, sure is. I
0: learned how to wrap uh, packages from shipping guitar pedals, and so the movies right, get please don't extra do that. protection.
2: He just almost pulled the blade towards him. It would have ch- totally changed our night. L- listen, listen, I'm listen, a, pr- I'm I'm a s- professional. I'm here. pretty skilled with the exacto blade, but I've taken it in the thigh a few times.
0: Yeah, that's what she said.
2: And the thumb. Ooh, that's good sound. All
1: right, drum roll, please. A little bit of the bubbly.
2: Do, do, like, Carson the <laughs> Karnak.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Blood and Black Lace. A film by Mario Bava.
0: The first Mario real Bava. giallo. The the first wow. Real Talked Gio about Bava. it a lot. It looks like Michael Myers' prototype kind of running around killing people.
1: Death Walks on High Heels. A uh, film that one. by
0: Luciano Ercoli? Yep, Ercoli. Erkoli? Erkoli. Did, did he do that? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Death wow. Walks on High Heels is in my top five Jolly. Now, it's not wow. an Argento. It's not a Bava. But it is a crowd pleaser. Everyone I've shown it to has been equal parts shocked that they made it and satisfied that it goes as well as it does. Well, thank you, sir. So Merry Christmas to Travis and George
2: we're going to have wow. a date date
0: night.
1: Ooh. We could do a DVD swap. Uh-huh. We do back and forth. Yeah. Sweet. You get it.
0: Watch them together, watch them watch separate, them together, I don't care. Separately. But those are two very good jollos. It's it's a it's a
2: Jallo. I'm trying to go with It's a, a Jallo. jolly it's a giallo good time. Jallo good time. There you go.
1: Have a holly Jallo Christmas. There yeah, you go. There you go. Oh my goodness. So we're we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about a movie, right? Yeah, what? A oh. movie that we just watched. and do that right now, I
2: think. First, he leaves us for another production group, and now he's directing. They're not. <laughs> Listen,
1: dude. This has always been my dog and pony show, oh. okay?
0: Oh. Oh. Now he's getting his dog and his ponies out for you to look at. Someone out. didn't have their green M&Ms. <laughs> or did I? <laughs> or did I? <laughs> what was in that mailbox?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you noticed. I came back all winded because it's like 50 <laughs> yards away. He found a box of snippy.
0: Holy mackerel Look, it's a box of snark So George, you watched a movie tonight Sure did You already had expectations We established last week that you were familiar with the idea of the movie You'd even heard a speech from the movie before But maybe not from watching the movie But maybe from pop culture You really didn't know if you had seen the movie that we were going to watch Right had you ever seen Dirty Harry before, now that you've watched it again?
1: Um, yeah, but I think my father-in-law was watching it while I was over their house one time, a long time ago. I do remember the speech at the end, mm. but I really didn't remember how it ended. It comes twice. He says it twice. Right. He says it in the beginning, and I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought that was like an ending thing. Mm. But whatever. So, had I seen it? No. Had I seen the last scene? Kind of, yeah. I was in the room, but I mm. wasn't paying attention. So. Hmm. But I mean, who's not familiar with Dirty Harry? Like, I mean, I knew that he was a cop. I think he was a cop. I knew he was badass. I knew he was a man's man. Man's man. And I knew he had a big gun. So. Can I have some honesty? Sure. I haven't seen this movie before either. Stop it,
2: really. I mistakenly, because of my age, assumed that I did see it, but this movie was not familiar to me. Wow. I have seen, I believe, Sudden Impact was my first Harry, Dirty Harry movie. Is that a sequel? It's, I think, two years after this. Okay. So... That's the movie where he says, um, "Go ahead, make my day." Oh, so that's how I knew it. So I was waiting for that quote the whole movie, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, it's not in there."
0: And mm. then I realized
2: why this movie was not familiar to me because I had never seen it. Wow. Deadpool and Sudden Impact were my two Dirty Harry movies. So this there's was, a
1: Dirty Harry new movie called Deadpool. It's called Deadpool. Yeah, that's cool. Way before Deadpool. Yeah. Not nearly as
0: mouthy. <laughs> yeah, there's no fourth, <laughs> no fourth wall, but
1: Jim
2: Carrey's in it. Really? Yeah, he plays like a rock star, like metalhead.
1: Like a an extra, or is he? Actually no, he's in like it? a
2: main, not a main character, but uh, Callahan goes to see him and talk to him about. Is I that, think he was a witness to something. Because that had to be like really early in his career. Yeah, 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 it was like I think it might have been around in Living Color, so early '90s.
0: And he's got like a Buffalo Bill <clears> vibe. <throat> If mm-hmm. I remember right, like the way he dresses is very like Bill Dancing to yeah. Goodbye Horses, like just lots of like Aerosmithy kinds of scars. Yeah, and I think stuff. he was
2: borrowing uh, Axl Rose type thing because the Guns N' Roses were really big then. Word when it came out. So, so yeah,
0: it was kind of a surprise for me too. Cool. Well, that's fun. We backed our way into back to back. Travis is a student <laughs> now. Episodes. <laughs>
2: I'm not a student the Dirty Harry, no.
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen many of them.
0: But you ain't seen the first one. I'd never,
2: I think I'd seen, like George said, saw parts because of it being so prominent. But when I watched it from beginning to end, I realized I had not seen probably 90% of this movie.
1: So, that was interesting.
0: Well, what was your initial impression, George? Did it live up to what you thought a Dirty Harry movie would be?
1: yes there was so much toxic masculinity hmm. <laughs> just so much and racism oh god yeah um <laughs> it was very 70s the soundtrack was funky um it's kind of a jollo film hot mary <laughs> i mean hot does it get <laughs> does it get any better than that um, is that one of your notes? Yeah. I wrote Hot
2: Mary with a question mark. Because <laughs> she was not hot at
1: all. Wow. <laughs> all
2: right. She was like 70s. She was like beauty, Janice Joplin beauty hot. Beauty is
1: in the eye of the beholder. This is and true. Like your father would say. If she's ugly, I wouldn't be holding her. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I hear you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, going to continue to out my dad. <laughs> 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 my first note I wrote was uh, Hugh Jackman.
1: Huge, Ackman,
2: Huge Ackman. Like the whole time I was watching him, I saw Hugh Jackman playing that part. Yeah, like, he reminded that. me of him. Yeah, so much. I was like, wow. If they ever wanted to reboot this, that's your Dirty Harry right there. He looks like him. Yeah. He'd have and to. He so,
0: like he'd have to get like twelve inch uh, lifts though to be able to be that imposing. Because Clint Eastwood's got to be. He's like what, six
2: three? Yeah. But Jackman, he he commands a room no matter how tall he is. I think
1: he could do it. That is true.
2: And I wrote also uh, a lot of unnecessary racism. <laughs> like it was like watching Blazing Saddles. It was the 70s, like I was man. just waiting for like a line of people, every racist you could find, like in Blazing <laughs> Saddles, where it's just like the Nazis behind the Klan, behind the you know the bikers behind the this behind that, and it's like oh my gosh, yeah, it was bad.
1: I don't think it was, like, too racist, though, for the time. I mean, like, when they went down the list of, like, you know, bad names you don't say. And oh, his, yeah. And, you know, and, and he threw the the Harry, last one Harry said the last one and he winked. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, he's, you know.
2: It's necessary. Right. But, like, Scorpio was targeting certain It's people. not like
1: it was normal at this time. It still was kind of, like. Yeah. It still was kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? like Taboo. Ish. Not ta- not taboo, but shocking. It was still kind yeah. of shocking to be like, oh, that's, yeah, They're I mean, just they saying, saying that in this like crazy. movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: They make it a point, especially when they're reading the Scorpio note. You know, they mm-hmm. emphasize the fact that this is outside the bounds of how they are comfortable. You know, with him, uh, the cop guy refusing to read the entire note as he probably should. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you know, the it, it's an interesting period of transition from you know a a closeted racist 50s to the like aware of it and trying to do better 70s you know we're in that transition where it's still a thing that you know can get like an uncomfortable laugh out of people when when harry is you know engaging in what will become like a signature for clint eastwood if you go up Mm -hmm. through even like gran torino the idea of like he hates everybody, and here's a list of all the people. <laughs> I don't and all the know. kinds of people, yeah. yeah. Although in Gran Torino, I don't think he hates all the people. He instead just insists on reducing everyone to a label, which I think he thought was like making it better. I don't know that it makes it better, Mister. Well, I think he kind of takes the mentality
2: of like the Grinch. Like everybody says, the Grinch didn't hate Christmas; he just hated people. <laughs> Yeah. It's like so he was like an equal opportunity hater. It was just Christmas got in the way, but it was just an opportunity to hate the people. That was a meme, wasn't it? Yeah, but like I mean the Grinch, that's been, the
1: Grinch didn't hate Christmas; he hated people. Right? I can get but it's been, that.
2: It's been said for decades. Yeah. Like it's just some people just don't want to be bothered.
1: And if
0: it so was, they kind of hate everybody. If the Grinch was directed in 1970 by uh, by Don <laughs> Siegel, it would say something like he 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 hates the whoos and the boos and the woos and the doos. like <laughs> especially woos. Like oh, come on!
2: And Don't forget Horton because he's an elephant. Aww. Can I
0: tell you
1: that um, when the shooter when the killer was like met up with that guy who mm-hmm. was s- supposed to beat him up? When he had him sit in the chair and get comfortable, I was like, "Oh, are they gonna make the killer gay and that's why he's a, like a killer oh he's gonna get gay yeah, and I yeah. was like, that's kind of like I thought they had gotten past that in the seventies. You know how psycho back in psycho mm-hmm. um he's a you know a cross dresser not not you know they make it very clear that he's not just a cross dresser right right or like a you know and and then you know dan pointed out that there's other movies that take that formula right and they don't do it the right way you so know you what i mean they were gonna and unleash, i thought that that's what yeah. that's that's what this was going to be like they're going to make the killer gay right and that's why he's all he and i was seemed, like I hope, and then they didn't and then i was like oh cool right. He's just going to beat the crap out of him cool yeah he seemed i mean that time
2: period is very like it's right after vietnam and you know all the riots and everything so you can see the tension completely
1: yeah i i thought, thought they just, were going to yeah. give you a why the shooter was doing this and i was like i really don't need that right like especially if it's like you know i don't know but i'm glad that they didn't i like a motive sometimes sometimes
0: i like that in this movie it really is about harry you know so many so many movies in this format even down to a lot of superhero movies. I'm looking at you, Batman 89, Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises. They're not about the hero. They're about the villain, and the hero's just kind of engaged in the story arc of the villain. And this one, it's very much a Harry arc. I like Actually, that. Actually, I hear
1: what you're saying. I kind of got a Joker feel from the shooter.
0: Oh, he's definitely got a proto Heath Ledger Joker vibe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But the movie itself... Without the acting. I He goes for it. There's <laughs> well, a couple yeah. of parts he really goes for it. Uh, yeah. That speech with him and Harry in the park uh, where he's go- beating him up and don't pass out yet. Had such a Batman Joker in the interrogation yeah. room vibe, but like yeah. roles reversed. Very interesting.
2: I I couldn't get past. I mean, he was just so over the top. And I like him. I, I There are other movies that I love that he's in. But he was obviously either making choices yeah. that were not reined in or the director said, this is what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Because I'm, I'm giving it a pass. Um, I don't. Because it's like 1971. You know whose acting was really Godfather bad?
2: came out around that time
1: too. And that was a lot of really good acting in that well, movie. Well, you guys need to show me that movie because <laughs> I haven't seen that. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. What?
0: What? You haven't seen The Godfather yet?
1: No. <laughs> But the point oh, that I was man. about to make Mafia was that season. the worst acting in this movie was the distraught mother. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, that she was, was the worst. She was pretty,
0: yeah, yeah. no. Nope. There was
1: a lot of them that
2: were 70s actors, but she
0: was, was very like, much yeah. like, "Oh, hey, uh, we can only use this. Uh, we can only use use this. Uh, I don't know, set. We can. We're only allowed to shoot here if the landlord's daughter." Uh, can be in the movie. Okay, we'll make her the grieving mom. (laughs) Because, yeah, yeah, she didn't have a lot of on-screen charisma.
2: When I first started being in advertising, I worked for car dealerships. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the dealership always insisted on being in the commercials.
1: Yes. That's never a good idea. And they are all like that. Yeah.
2: Do you want to buy a car? Like, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, they're all like that. So it's funny Dan said that because it did seem like someone was doing someone a favor. Come down to the market. Well, when I saw her (laughs)
0: uh, today, Montgomery, I I picked up on that too. Just in a movie where everything's kind of popping then they get to her and it's just like, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, ooh. It's it's, just like a mini-mall. I don't know. (laughs) We need to come up with some kind of nomenclature for that kind of acting because it's not community theater. It really is just like it's transactional favor acting, it's, right? It's called flea, ne- ne- nepotism. It's, it's Flea a,
1: Market Montgomery it's is a what it is.
0: Mon- quid pro quo acting, quid pro quo acting, yeah. Cuz it reminds me so much there's two that always pop out to me in that vein and it's the they're both shopkeepers. The one in Nailgun Massacre, that lady and Oh yeah, that yeah, that movie. And then I the the shopkeepers that. or the, <laughs> the, fuck or the that? Uh, convenience store staff in <laughs> The mutilator slash fall break, which I know you guys love. The mutilator. Another
1: one.
2: Oh
1: but
0: God! Both of those. I don't expect you to know these yet, but we'll get to them. You know, an alligator then. seven. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're right up there with the. Uh, oh God, what's that movie where the house shoots that guy? No, it's it's actually it's the house shoots a lady. Have you guys seen? What the fuck are you talking about, dude? You, this is a movie that happens. <laughs> I'll find you the. I, <laughs> I'm sure you I will. Guess
2: we're doing some bonus material. <laughs> yeah, right. It's coming. <laughs> I'll the drop in. The house <laughs> shot the lady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 1972 <laughs> Jello. No, it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's like a monster, Frankenfish. It's like a sci-fi level. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: Frankenfish. The uh, Frankenfish the classic. Everyone's seen it. The that. line
0: is something like, "The house shot her." This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drop that audio in right here. <laughs> the house shot her.
2: This is insane. Okay. <laughs>
0: So you guys can hear I'm how insane. good it was. The house it's shot like her. It's like a Jim Carrey over act. This is insane. Oh, man. That's funny. We got to in
1: and in, guys. Oh, my God.
2: So Hot Mary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, showing her fun bags a few times.
1: Yeah, why was she wow. just like, uh, you forget it. I'm yeah. not going to try and analyze that scene.
0: Hey, I Dan, do want to analyze know. that scene. Uh, but here's why. Not Nothing to do with Hot Mary uh, <laughs> and her boyfriend. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Can I say it? Go ahead. Maybe not. No, what, what am I, I going to say, Travis, who just watched the movie for the first time? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had a very, I think it was that scene that you were going to talk very rear rear window feel Hitchcock. Okay. Like when, when they're with the binoculars and they're mm-hmm. watching all that shit going on. Now, that, that's a different scene. The Mary was when he was peeping. But when they were watching from the, from the rooftop, I was like, oh, this oh, is Oh, the real hot Mary? well she was kind of thinner Swing, she was like, the swinger She uh hotter yeah the swinger the hairy you need to get out yeah. more or whatever he says yeah. you need to live a little the mr. Carter and a leg lock that yeah. was yeah that yes. was the
0: real hot It's a Mary. whole different kind of dirty hairy when he's yeah <laughs>
2: but yeah it was very hitchcockian
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that a word Ha. Huh? no that's yeah actually i mean that's what yeah that's what you would say. I, th-
2: I thought that's what we were going to talk about—the the, the uh, Hitchcock influence on the uh, Rear Window. It's not peeping scene.
0: But it's while not, we're so. talking about it, because this is definitely one of our less linear episodes, let's go down a couple of things. Uh, you've got the Hitchcock reference—the Rear Window voyeurism from a rooftop with binoculars. If it's a ref, if it's not a reference, it's at least a Hitchcock type feel to that scene, right? You've got mm-hmm. a literal peeping Tom. When he's peeping in on Hot Mary, you well, in
2: his defense, they were just kind of—he was just checking to see what was in the
0: luggage. he was started, sure. he I mean, was he was doing his he job, was. but at no. the same time, yeah, he was doing his job. He was peeping through a window, so I mean, <laughs> he definitely was. Yes. That's <laughs> another was great fly. movie from uh, 1960 called Peeping Tom. Now, granted, right. that's a whole different thing, but you know, this movie is just like—it's a melting pot of things we've seen before. Mm. streamlined very much in the way Halloween mixes a bunch of things we've seen before, but like streamlined and like more efficient. This Mm -hmm. is another one where it repackages a lot of things we've already seen ups the, uh, the intensity ups, the violence and the max, the toxic masculinity. Sure. That too. Uh, not Mm. really a term they used back in the seventies. I think they would have just called this man stuff, Mm. but it just, you know, it's everything on at least 10 and a half, if not 11, and the movie just skips along because of it. Not a lot of mm-hmm. exposition. Not a lot of telling us anything. It's all showing us, not unlike No Country for Old Men, but more linear, more straightforward. Mm-hmm. But a lot of yeah. show, don't tell, which is what I wanted to talk about with the, the Hot Mary scene. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that, in lieu of exposition, they replace it with action. And what it does to the pacing is keep the movie quick. Right. For example, just him (laughs) called to uh, stand on a trash can and peep in a window. And then before he can even finish the fist fight to get called to a suicide attempt. Mm. I mean, it's just show don't tell, right? Mm. Undermanned, overworked, and willing to do whatever it is that the city needs Not necessarily out of the goodness of his heart, but out of some kind of devotion to duty. Gets the job done. Keeps the story moving. You don't have to pause the movie to say, Oh, well, back when my wife was driving home late, she got killed by a drunk driver. And then I went to the funeral and I said to myself, Harry Callahan, now you can start swinging with hippie chicks. You know, there's none of that. There's just real <laughs> right. quick, just real quick. Oh God, we have to talk. Okay. Let's get it over with. Let's rip the bandaid off. Yeah. My wife died drunk driver. Okay. Keep moving. And that's right. one of this movie's major assets is it's just the narrative keeps clicking, clicking, clicking.
1: Yeah. I think that's why this is such a, I'm going to make a generalization here. A movie that men like, you know, cause there's not a whole hell of a lot of talking. Right. And it's a lot of showing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it does reference a few more
2: movies. Do you see the part when uh, Hot Mary's dad hit Harry with his car? (laughs) 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 I could have
1: sworn that happened. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I actually, I didn't realize it, Dan, when I was watching the movie that that's what was happening. But you're definitely on point about that.
0: I mean, think about the bank robbery scene. Right. hmm. All he's trying to do is order lunch and you don't get a bunch of back and forth like, hey, I see you in here all the time. Hey, I like your new shirt. Hey, how's the family? Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope you're are you out there dating anymore? Harry, I'm so sad about your wife. No, it's like, hey, you want the usual? Yeah. Which usual? OK, boom. We know he comes here all the time and he's a simple guy just getting his thing. Mm.
1: He's like, that's how dudes operate.
0: Yeah. And it's just his description of the car. You know, he's just efficient. Like he's not trying to tell us any more than he needs to. The guy gets it. We all get it. He's dirty, freaking hairy. He's a cop. He's doing cop he goes, stuff. He's eating I a hot dog. Oh, yeah. shit. Right? And just his body language as he leaves the cafe, mm. the casual nature of his walk, I mean, it tells you right away who this guy is and what he does. Now, firing did into a crowd- Did he put the hot dog down or did he take it
2: with him? He's he got had popped, it
0: in his mouth. He's got it in the mouth. I don't <laughs> think he, he's got both hands right. free for the the firearms, but- I don't know that shooting a forty-four Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world that would take your head clean off. Clean off. Right. Is a good idea to shoot toward <laughs> uh, civilians. No. That's some pretty questionable gun work, but...
1: Oh, there is a ton of that. Oh, God. But that's a big old gun. You had to suspend reality for that a, a bunch of times in this movie. There's a
2: great scene in Sudden Impact in that diner where he goes in, same thing, and he gets a coffee She gives him his coffee, and then she pours almost the entire container of sugar into his coffee, and he
1: leaves.
2: (laughs) He drinks it and spits it out, and he goes back in. The place was being robbed. There was four guys, and there were guns. Every morning, he orders black coffee. Mm. So she filled it with sugar so he would come back in. So he left. The guys with the guns were hiding their guns and then he right. left so then they got their guns out and they started doing their thing Ugh. and he comes back in That's and beautiful. he's like, every morning I order black coffee. This morning I drank it and she filled it with sugar. I just came in to complain. It was, like, it was the whole thing where she was telling him, "We're there's something going on here. Right. I'm going to fill your cup with sugar right. so you come back in. It's a great scene. You can get it on YouTube. You don't have to watch the whole movie. Okay, But it's it's it's... it's very dirty Harry and it was like again that was another scene I was waiting for and
0: it didn't happen I'm like
2: what the hell's going on <laughs> I was
0: so angry so the movie opens up with the kind of non sequitur uh, sniper over the swimming pool can we talk about guns I mean do you want to talk about guns I do man so do you guys want to hear a funny story absolutely okay this isn't a funny story but i'm gonna tell you a thing that i did today because i was like well, man you promised me a funny you just story, say funny story so. So okay so here's the punchline. line <laughs> there is <laughs> that'd a, be funny there's a website that i wasn't aware of until today and now i'm probably going to be on it a lot the internet F- movie firearms database <sighs>
2: oh that's, that's like <laughs> a website it's like Mr. Skin for gun geeks. So it's Internet, oh, I like it.
0: <laughs> movie Firearms dot org, IMFDB dot org, and you search for the movie, and it's just like you can tell the guys that are writing this are like the the most dedicated of folks because it's just gushing about how good the mm. guns are in different movies, and it's got all these matching stock photos and stuff so you can know exactly what you're looking at.
2: Retired yeah. Army Rangers. Well, oh, that's that's so good. <laughs> I
0: found this website because I wanted to website. know what Buffalo Bill's pistol was. Because once I got mm. a good look at the long barrel 44 in this movie, I thought, man, it's just the the gun he was using in Silence of the Lambs it was so chunky in his hand. hmm I was like, damn, is it is it a fifty caliber? Like is it like a Desert no, Eagle revolver? No, like it can't no. be. What is this thing? Turns out it's a Python, which is a 357. Mm. It's just they have so mm-hmm. much support under the barrel, and it's a long barrel. It's like a six-inch barrel or something. So it's just a huge, um, unnecessarily huge, uh, 357. After all, in sounds Rick, Rick Grimes's gun, the Python. Yeah, yeah, the Python. So that's pretty fun. But then, yeah, the 44 and this man. I just kept getting did you ever play Lethal Enforcers as a kid, the arcade game?
2: Yeah, it is just like that yeah, again.
0: I I just kept getting Lethal Enforcers vibes, which I guess is it's backwards, but that's where I come into the forty four Magnum is 1992's uh fifty cents per play. You can't shoot me, copper.
2: <laughs> that, that sound is just like so loud, like there's no way. That you can stand next to that gun going off and not go deaf. Lethal Which Enforcers. One? The one he shoots in this movie.
1: Oh, The, the 44. forty-four. Yeah. I don't think I don't think uh, different calibers are louder than others.
2: I'm just saying the gunshot that they do, the recording, whether it's the real gunshot from that gun, it's loud. It's like like a cannon.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like in real life. No,
2: I, I've never heard a 44 next i, I next
1: was just to gonna me. say like all guns are very loud yeah they're loud
0: oh yeah, you was. can tell the difference though i mean if you're at the gun range and you get a uh what's a nice way to say fellow uh <laughs> you get one of these guys who has taken it upon himself to become a civilian sniper with a 50 cal have you ever been to a mm. gun range when somebody's shooting a 50 cal no, because you know it. No, it's ridiculous. Like even with your ear protection, it's just like, damn, dude. Like, come on, you're over so here with I'm your nine millimeter, like pew 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 pew, and then he's over there like kaboom, you know. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that was that was loud, but we're shooting maybe, the same targets. Maybe,
1: bro. maybe I was new to firearms when I shot a nine millimeter. I didn't think it was like pew
0: pew. It was like that yeah, was loud. It was. I had a kick, and it was loud. I mean, it's louder than a than a cap gun, but when you're standing next to a guy with a uh, you know an AR or got an AK, you know something with like a 7.62 round, they're a little louder. They got more snap to them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that time that time I went to the range, I shot and in the same session a it was a Glock, which is nine, another nine millimeter, I think, uh, an M9 maybe. Ooh, that's my favorite. And, And a 357. And they were all freaking loud, mm. all of them. I didn't think there was much difference. Is a three fifty seven, three fifty seven, yeah, with a six inch barrel, and it's kind of big in my hand. So
0: yeah, six inches is a lot of barrel, man.
1: <laughs> it's good though because it the longer the longer <laughs> barrel, especially if you've got like the the weight underneath the barrel, mm. it it's more steady in your hand. It's easier to shoot actually. It's more accurate and there's more weight to the gun, so it well, kicks less. Well, the shaft
2: is supported, so. Shut up. <laughs>
1: There are, there are benefits to having a a longer barrel. That's all yeah, that's so what right. she said.
0: I think the first Magnum I shot was probably in the four-inch range. It was a my dad's old service pistol. And he did the thing where it was the first time I was shooting Magnum, and he loaded, like, five instead of six and didn't tell me. And so mm-hmm. just because he knew <laughs> I, I was going to overcompensate... And so I get to that <laughs> last one and I like almost throw the damn thing on the ground. I'm like, okay, I get it. I was pushing too hard. Ha ha, ha, ha. Mm. That was pretty and funny.
2: He, he was sitting back there going, I know what you're thinking. Did <laughs> I shoot six four, five?
0: We were there with a buddy of mine who is a Boy Scout from forever. So, you know, we're like 15, 16 and he's been shooting for 10, 12 years And so I get the shotgun out, and he's like, okay, now you just want to make sure you hold that real loose on your shoulder. And then he looks at my dad, Mm. and my dad looks at him, and neither one are nice enough to tell me that's a bad idea. Mm. But I could tell. If you're exchanging looks at people... Yeah, it's not good advice, so luckily I, I had the good <laughs> foresight to jam that thing in there as hard as I could, and it's still
2: five, five minutes later, you're against the wall, readjusting your shoulder. I <laughs> know, oh, his, his shoulder's
1: <laughs> dislocated <laughs> yeah, at that point. That's what
2: I'm saying, he's pulling the rigs and oh, banging God. his shoulder against the wall. <laughs> ah!
0: It was fine. It was fine. Shotguns are unwieldy. I'm not a huge fan. It's a good deterrent, though. Oh, man, that just racking My brother one. told me
2: just that sound alone mm. can, can stop most home invasions. Just that... Yeah, man. The guy outside usually knows that that means business.
0: Yeah, that'll get you clinching if you're a bad guy. Yeah. Well, while we're anyway. talking about guns, guys, yeah. let's mosey on over to SWAT Corner. I know you guys are excited to join me over there. Yes, please. We please. need a jingle for SWAT Corner. Hey! <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie... <laughs> of all the movies that get we've watched down. so far, this yeah. movie really just emphasizes the importance of a tactical unit because they don't have one and Mm-mm. a lot of these scenes go a lot better if you have a dedicated tactical unit. And so we've become spoiled that every movie we've watched so far it's an assumed value that you have some kind of SWAT unit and then we can pick apart their tactics and look at, you know, how they've evolved and stuff. But this one, there is no SWAT team. It's just but dirty Harry. They should have had one. SWAT teams don't come around until the eighties. Uh oh. Or the, hold on. When is that <laughs> well, show? Well, I be? mean. Because they're big in LA. LA is the part where they start. San Francisco doesn't get one until, I'll have to look it up, but probably. You can go back well, to the 60s and in, see, right? Why,
1: why do they need the SWAT team? They have Clint Eastwood. Well, and that's the thing. Uh,
0: Clint Eastwood with the wrong sniper rifle on a rooftop <laughs> is just begging Bad for course. a SWAT team. You got to have a SWAT team. Yeah. I lo- I only know that because I was looking at the internet movie firearm database and they go through the whole thing of why it's a poor choice, but consistent with the character. I'm telling you, this website loves <laughs> movies and guns. It's good. But I guess the uh, the rifle he chooses is some kind of Magnum type uh, rifle and it it says it's a poor choice for a counter sniper engagement, but fits the character of overkill. Of a guy who carries a forty-four Magnum, so that's cool. That it like analyzes both aspects of it. That's a cool website. I'm gonna live there now.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have to pay it a visit. It's a what's it
0: r- called again? The Internet Movie Firearms Database.
1: You got to work that into our theme song. IMFDB. dot org. dot org. Yeah, it's a .dot org, so you can trust it.
0: Oh, I trust them. <laughs> They're good. They do good work. <laughs> <laughs> sure the soundbite will never come back to haunt me.
1: They do the Lord's work. I
0: but yeah, so you've got the situation where they've, they've got the guy pinned down in a building and they have no entry team. They have no sniper support. They don't even have the helicopter up because it's at night and they don't have thermal vision yet. So this movie plays out completely differently even just 10 years later. Really interesting mm. to be no longer in that evolutionary cycle of the SWAT team, but instead pretty much just at its infancy or even maybe pre-infancy.
2: You know what else was at its infancy? The character development of Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the hell was going on with him hey, and man. Or why he was doing it, what what he was thinking. It's not
0: his story, that's the difference. Your I know. expectation mm-hmm. with this movie is that you're going to get a fleshed out background or at least a tease. You're going to see what he's thinking, where he lives, why he's doing it, who treated him so now, badly when he was that. a
2: kid. We we see all that, but it's just not done uh I guess it's the time period. I'll give it the George <laughs> shoulder shrug. <laughs> give, the, give it the time the pass. period. But I mean ten years later, like you're saying, ten years later you get Buffalo Bill. Yeah, f- fifteen years later. So it's like they are successful in keeping it the story about Clarice. The story is about Clarice. She's mm-hmm. the main character. Hannibal Lecter is only on screen for eighteen minutes or whatever. Yep. But you get the backstory just enough. And it doesn't have to be like, let's go to Buffalo Bill's childhood. Let's go to Scorpio's childhood. But at least show him do a few what makes preparing him, things. Like just the just yeah. I don't even need to know why he's doing it. Just give me little bits. Like they showed me something major. He's a Raiders fan. That explains a lot. Wow. Just by, <laughs> just by showing me the pennant in his in his room, but you know you find out where he works. But it's just not it's not enough to make me want.
1: I think uh, Dan supports the killer being a Raiders fan. Oh you,
0: yeah, fuck the Raiders. Oh yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's
1: why I wrote that. I wrote that down. Fuck the Raiders. That was one of my notes
2: because I knew. <laughs> I actually I wrote uh, Raiders fan dot 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 figures. That's what I said. Was your dad a Raiders fan? Yeah. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's AFC. So I don't like him either. But it, to me, it was just that there was a there was times where they could have done it, but they didn't bother doing it. Like like you said, when he met up with the guy that was being paid to beat him up. Yeah. They let I you in just a little bit. Yeah. You find out he's conniving. You find out he's 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 thinks ahead and has this whole plan, mm-hmm. as the Joker would say. You know, he doesn't have a plan, but he does. No. He has the plan. You see the fruition of his thoughts, but you never really see his thoughts. And then the guy playing it doesn't play it in a way that he's menacing and or scary. It's just he's got a plan. He, I didn't I didn't see him as almost like he was playing like he was a weenie. Like he was very whiny, and when he gets caught, it's almost like, oh, oh, I stubbed my toe, oh, don't do. Like he was just so whiny. Mm. There was no, it almost seemed like he he didn't have a malicious bone in his body, but he was uber malicious. Like he was he was malicious. He buried that girl on the ground, let her die. Yeah, but they did it in this. It was almost too subtle, to where you didn't get enough meat on that bone. There's right. pl- there's meat elsewhere, but I I think that the killer should get a little bit of meat and he didn't have any can we
1: uh, talk about why all of that evidence is admissible
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that scene yeah. made me make a face <laughs> a little bit now I'm no law school graduate you know he had
2: probable cause
0: <laughs> but he, there, he had, there's a well, major discussion to be had regarding probable cause but he had exigent circumstances is what he had but mm-hmm. here's the thing guys This movie shares something in common with a a movie we watched a little bit back. I'm referring to Die Hard. Did you catch that, guys? It's got a real boots-on-the-ground guy just trying to get the job done while everybody above him's a freaking moron. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so to lean into that, they give you a prosecutor who is not even willing to test prosecution based on one expert opinion that maybe it's inadmissible but without paying any attention to the other side of the argument right that's not how you hope most uh district attorney offices work but you know in 1970 1971 you have to remember where we are as a nation uh who has recently been elected president what he ran on what the you know what the temperature of the public was with regards to coming out of the 60s and trying to you know regain order
1: okay for those of us that weren't following politics in the early 70s what are you
0: talking about okay so richard nixon is president at this point
1: okay he runs
0: on law and order being one of his major uh selling points as a candidate and Mm -hmm. so you've come out of the 68 riots and No, dude
1: i mean like i I was born in 88. Well, see, right. and that's the
0: thing. Uh, you, what this movie needs is historical context because mm. what you've mm. got is a society who a large chunk of the voting populace have seen enough of the upheaval of the 60s and mm. are ready for kind of the pendulum to start swinging the other kind way. Kind of repeating that time. <laughs> Maybe. Not? I don't know that we are yet. I'm not, to say, I'm not saying that we won't in the next eight years or so see more of a swing
2: the only difference is the 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 media back then was a lot less biased for one way or the other like you you kind of with cronkite you were you felt like you were getting the news right like now it's like oh, if i want to learn about this i'll watch this channel if i want to hear about this i'm going to watch this channel like you already know yeah, it's yeah. Not who's going to serve you which bullshit yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's, it's
0: if i want to feel yeah if i want to feel like i'm Shitty and I could be better. I'll watch this network. And if I want to feel right. like I'm just shitty enough to be good, I'll watch the other one that tells me I'm fine. <laughs> or
2: you just, or you watch the BBC. <laughs>
0: like I do. Right. Where they're all just making that face like they're going down a roller coaster and they didn't really want <laughs> yeah. to. Like, oh, no. It's like, all right. <laughs> this all Little sucks. Column
2: A, column B. Everything column sucks. C.
0: This is yeah. the BBC. But yeah. yeah. I but mean, yeah. That, that, time, so, that time period was
2: very rough. It's a, it's,
0: and, It's a time period where people had felt out of control, and to see a character who is so in control all the time and just making things better in every way he could, uh, it was welcomed by the box office.
2: Mm. Yes. It's kind of like Rambo, in a way.
1: I was thinking Rambo, and I was also thinking Punisher. It's like
2: Punisher. Uh, To me, I think Harry is John Rambo if he didn't become a soldier.
1: This could have been Punisher- Before he was Punisher. Like, a lawman concerned with justice, not being able to do his job, and just saying, here's the badge, throw it in the lake, now I'm the Punisher. I
2: have to look it up. I don't know what year the Punisher debuted, but it was not too far off of this date. Mm. So I'm wondering if one came from the other. Because his first appearance is in, in Spider-Man and it was in the seventies might be 73. So he might've come, you know, Frank Castle might've come from this or vice versa.
0: So Frank Castle pops up as the Punisher in 1974. So well after this has become kind of a, a tentpole of a certain outlook. Now actually 1974 will bring you uh, the first death wish. So just Hmm. to give you an idea of where the public is, Uh, Not necessarily the entire public, but a section of the public is buying tickets to movies where men are shooting other men for justice. Right. Illegally, sort of. Without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. They are taking the mattress tags off and then they are shooting guys. (laughs) And one of those two things will not stand. (laughs) They are
2: not... Applying, lathering, and rinsing and <laughs> repeating.
0: <laughs> no rules. So you guys probably don't know this because why would you know this? But George, I had you watch a little while ago, and actually Travis, you watched it too, a movie called What Have They Done to Your Daughters? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that movie is kind of a giallo, but it's also kind of another thing a palizio teschi. All right. That is the Polizio is a genre of film that became very popular in Italy and kind of took a lot of market share away from the giallo in like 73, 74 or 75. And while there were crime films and cop films before that date in Italy and in the United States, there is a very specific line of films which basically take Dirty Harry and a little bit of Death Wish, and then just add a little Italian machismo. And, I mean, it made Maurizio Murli's entire career a f- sort of famous, kind of generic, uh, Franco Nero knockoff character, actor from Italy. I mean, you're talking about, just like the Giallo, there's probably 150 Polizziateshi that come out, all of them influenced by Dirty Harry and Death Wish. Mm-hmm. And some of them are good, and a lot of them yeah. are not good.
1: I can see that.
2: Yeah, I'm sure like the '90s like movies, like Steven Seagal movies, were probably inspired by this as well. You know that whole vigilante, you know, revenge, justice for killing my family, which is very Punisher ish as
0: well. So it's not only Punisher ish; it's very much Death Wish, and hopefully someday we watch Death Wish. But just to not spoil it all for George. The revenge for killing the family is a Death Wish idea, not a Dirty Harry idea. But both Dirty Harry and the Death Wish Charles Bronson character murder indiscriminately at times, using firearms for justice. So there is a shared heritage there that ends up in The Punisher, either via or at the same time as Death Wish. See. And I like it. Kind of. I don't know. I go back and forth because it's like, you know, it's I think a lot of my perspective on this movie is influenced at all times by the uh, Patriot Act stuff. Right. Because having grown up in that era, you know, we've already been down all this like, oh, it's an emergency. So we need to do all these things. And so I've got like the... You know, I've got a Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney-shaped devil on one shoulder being like, oh, it's an emergency. She's buried in the thing and they got to save her, right? And then I've got like the angel on the other shoulder being like, hey, man, he's still got his rights. We got to do it by the law. (sighs) Yeah,
2: we're
1: still there.
0: And there is no like, yeah. 20 years later. I just see the same things, you know? Yeah,
1: the problem is, and this is just like some social commentary, there really is no place for common sense in law you know law i had a law professor that used to say law is the precise use of language right and that is what it is and so when you make a law it has to be so specific and so yeah. detailed that any ambiguity it's like a contract any ambiguity in a contract is the responsible is the responsibility of the party drawing up the contract yeah. Because any right. lawyer can take apart anything that's vague. Right, exactly. Yeah. But any, ask anybody. I sound like Trump. Ask anybody, they'll tell you it's common sense. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's huge. 99% of people would be like, yeah, he did what he had to do. It's fine. Well, and right. you
0: highlight the exact conversation with the DA. You know, this unwillingness of the district attorney to put his own reputation on the line with a case that could potentially get thrown out, and then for him to lean on the expert and be like, oh, yeah, here's one way that it could potentially get thrown out so we're not even going to touch it. Right. And the feeling it's supposed to give you as an audience, anytime this obviously bad guy starts crying out for his, you know, his rights and his protections and all these things, it's supposed to make you feel like, oh, he's just cheating the system. The right. system's never going to get this guy. So that by the time he gets blown away, you're just like, yeah, man, that's fucking justice. Right. And that's not right or wrong I mean it's it's debatable whether it's right or wrong, but it's certainly the movie builds itself into a corner so that it can you know safely say to you it was the right thing for this guy to blow that other guy away.
1: Another thing that I wanted to say about it was that the uh, district attorney mentioned you know his report or like his curious report like, do you know a cop that says, "Oh yeah, I shot the guy in a leg and then I stood on it." <laughs> they put that in their report. They don't put that in their report? Yeah, you know, they, you know, they they're going to write in the report some legal way that they got the information that they needed. So, anyways, I'd like to
0: see the report. I'd like to see specifically how how they actually did get away with that. You know. Me too. I want more information. If anything, that's the one part of this movie I was like, yeah, I need more. You know. I need uh I need to see that report. I want to know exactly how it was phrased that it's so angered the district attorney. But at the same time, like he thought he could put that in the report and get away with it? Well, I guess he's just so manly. Well, he's a reticent hero. I put that in the in the old notes because you've got that weird interaction with his new partner's wife where she's like, "Why do you keep doing this?" And he's like, "I don't know." You know? I mean, in a lot of ways I guess mm. they're going for like some way to like thread to the end his apparent resignation when he throws his badge away that like you know maybe he's mm-hmm. now finally done he's done the thing that he wanted to do you know he's he's saved the lamb from you know from the the slaughterhouse and now he can finally feel like okay now time to move on with my life yeah spoiler alert he doesn't move he on doesn't. with his life
1: yeah I figured <laughs>
0: But I do really yeah. like uh, Dirty Harry. The Hair sequel, too. he
2: swims around looking for that badge. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it starts; it's the with, whole movie with so him with the lake dive.
0: scuba diving. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he didn't realize he skipped it a few times because, it was, you know, a star. So it took longer. Yeah,
0: I am just looking up the SWAT team development. L.A. didn't even have one until after nineteen sixty-five. Uh, nineteen seventy-four is when SWAT becomes a resource for Los Angeles. So yeah, you don't have a SWAT team in San Francisco at all in 71, but you have a need for it, in this movie at least. Word. Words. We said them. I wanted to talk about the surgery scene and how much it reminded me of the self-surgery scene in, in Rambo. No Country. Oh, right. right. You know, mm. shotgun, leg wound, the idea of picking little chunks of metal out of flesh.
2: What was it they were removing? Was it buckshot or was it shrapnel?
0: It was buckshot from the guy who he ends up shooting. Which again, okay, so. he's justified in shooting that guy because that guy shot him first. Like,
2: why is he trying to salvage pants that have buckshot holes in them? They it?
0: were twenty five dollars, Travis.
2: I know, but he can't. He can't wear them anyway. They got buckshot holes. Oh, in Oh, it's just a Should've couple let him of cut holes.
1: Them. Now that that <laughs> is a plot hole that I need more information <laughs> about. It's but that. I was
2: thinking that when that happened, I was like, why does he care if he cuts the pants? They have buckshot holes in them. You can't fix that.
1: No, man. Yeah, I didn't think that, but I did kind of like roll my eyes, like, of course. (laughs) No. Like, of uh, course, he doesn't want him to cut his pants, and he's not going to let him cut his pants because he's a man. Right. I kind of wish
2: this movie was made after Lethal Weapon just because. And you didn't see Lethal Weapon, but the Harry Callahan character is so good and so ripe for that that humor Mm. that Mel Gibson does in Lethal Weapon Mm -hmm. that. And I could see Eastwood doing it, but it just, it doesn't, it's not the time period, like, not the era of film for it. Like, like you said, he's supposed to be the man's man, kind of, you know, stoic and, you know, he makes jokes, but he doesn't really ever even smile. Like, he just is. I think if he was done maybe 10 years later, which he was, I think throughout the period of the character, he does lighten up and kind of become more of like a... uh, not a Schwarzenegger type uh, action hero, but he does get more one-liners that are, uh, it just seems like they develop it more. But back then, I think this movie would have had a lot of fun with that kind of writing, but they didn't write that kind of movie. Right. Because this guy was Atlanta This killer was ridiculous. Like yes. Like you said, kind of yes. Joker-esque. Uh, the mayor was ridiculous. He does get a few zingers in on him. Uh, the prosecutor, Ridiculous. The chief, they were all ridiculous. His partner, ridiculous. It's, Every character it's die ridiculous. Hard. It's diehard.
0: It's <laughs> diehard, yeah. man. It is. <laughs> but
2: if his snarky, kind of conceited sarcasm came out more that he does to the mayor. Right. If that was more played out with yeah, the, well, with the killer. Yeah, and... well, I've
1: been sitting in your lobby for three yeah. quarters of an hour. <laughs>
2: That's a great scene. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: And I was hoping for more of that, especially the more I got to know the killer, I was like, this guy's a shithead. He's just a piece of shit. mm and he never,
1: and he shouldn't stand a chance, really.
2: Right, but uh, Callahan never uh, plays into that. He never has any one liners other, th- other than the end, right. with the killer. Right, like he could have said, "You're a piece of shit," and you know, kind of like wipe him off his shoe kind of th- mentality. But he yeah. never he treats it seriously. Right, and he should, eh, yeah, it, and he should. But there's no. So, I was
1: gonna say he shouldn't. It takes it too seriously because the guy's so outlandish. Yeah, if the guy was a more serious killer it makes yeah,
2: sense. Yeah, if, if he was bu- like Buffalo Bill had quirkiness, he had weirdness, he had little What?
0: No, he was straightforward. <laughs>
2: he had all the things that this guy had. But this guy was playing Yo, it to the guy in the back of the room.
1: <laughs> you guys are putting together a killer season cuz all of these movies are like overlapping multiple ways. This is cool. It's Dan.
0: Air high five to Travis. Boop.
1: <laughs> if you knew how much
2: We were back and forth on what we're playing next <laughs> For the past Year it's like no this no this leads In this yeah but this and this but we Should do this but I want to do this mm. You know so we're we're trying Cool but I, I, When I talked to Dan about this movie I was Midway through and I was not feeling it mm-hmm. Because it was my first view Right after watching it And realizing how it it's kind of like Die Hard, where Die Hard was kind of the beginning of that era of film. This is the beginning of the cop film. Yeah. You know, the procedural yep. You know detective. Well, and a,
0: the cop who's willing to do stuff like right. shoot a guy who maybe right. didn't need to get shot. Like, you've got cop films in the 50s and 60s, but they're buttoned yeah. up, straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, shiny. Dragnet type stuff. Yeah, and this is, <laughs> this is not your daddy's dragnet. Mm-hmm.
2: This is dra- this is John McClane before he goes gets on that plane and goes out to the coast to get
0: together and exactly have to exactly this yes this <laughs> is it's what like I would like to watch that movie yeah this is John McClane uh, yeah two months before this is October of whatever year <laughs> Die Hard takes place I don't place. <laughs> right. I don't
1: think John McClane is this uh, this wild but he is kind of wild but that would be a fun movie to watch because even in the sequels
2: it's the same. Premise where he's fish out of water in a situation that he's not know I want to see him as a cop mm. in a car with a partner. Yeah, is it Training Day with Bruce Willis? I don't know, but I want to see it mm. because it's a, it's an interesting character, and and it's it's definitely a, well fleshed out to where you can really in, you know sink your teeth into it as a filmmaker and an actor to kind of give it even more depth. Because in the end, Die Hard was kind of. One dimensional. It wasn't really
1: All right, so on that, on that note, uh, something that I thought of while you were talking, and I was kind of like saving it because I wanted to hear what you were saying. I think that season two has made me so far Appreciate more, of a, more of a movie <laughs> watcher. Right. Right? So when I started this venture, I was very like analytical about everything, and I liked serious movies, and I liked tragedy movies, and I liked things that are realistic, and... Blah, 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 blah. And, you know... Sometimes I you just gotta pop some popcorn. I wouldn't call <laughs> Dirty Harry, like, you know, a great movie. Right. You know? But I spent an hour and a half watching it, and it wasn't great. But I'm not disappointed. Right. You know? Because it's like, I don't know, I'm enjoying watching movies. I never did before. Beautiful. You Another know? high five for Dan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is you're going to go back now and you're going to watch movies that you might have hated and now you'll go and you'll watch it with a different eye and you'll go, yeah. "You know what?
1: And I'll say, now I see what they were doing. I'll see I'll I'll be fan-serviced." And you'll you'll be fan-serviced yeah. and you'll see the satire in RoboCop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fan service. Good stuff.
2: And then you'll watch like the more recent movies and then you go, oh, they did. i seen that. I saw that in 1971 and
1: Harry. What are they trying to do to me? So basically what you're saying is there's like a like a curve. So like I started out at the bottom not liking movies and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna get to like the top of this big hill in the curve and it's gonna be like prime movie watching and then I'm gonna start watching newer movies and it be like, I don't like any of this. You're gonna
0: shit. turn into me at the end of that <laughs> when you fall down that... <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's true. Like you guys are the same age, right? Just Pretty about yeah. yeah. And Dan shows me movies that I should have seen when I was That's true. 18, 19. But I, I was I had my genres that I watched. Or like with this, I thought I saw the original, but I honestly never did. So mm. it's it's like you're brought up my dad brought me up with the right mentality with movies. He showed me all kinds of different things. But and then i kind of latched on to what i latched on to and then took it from there with this i'm watching things i haven't seen before and i'm liking them and i look at dan he's 10 years younger than me and he likes shit from 1972 and i'm like Ugh. <laughs> 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 like i got to watch this and then i do i watch it and I, I i either dislike it for nostalgic reasons or i i like it because it's a great movie but like with old country i I could have hated that, I could have loved you, there's it. There's no way you could hate it right that. now. I like it such a good in movie. time, I'm gonna love it. Yeah, it's so one of those movies that I'm gonna probably watch a few times and and realize yeah this is this, this is, is gold. gold, yeah, and I have a lot of those movies where you had to watch it three or four times to realize why everybody loves it. so you're gonna see movies that we like with Dan showed you Robocop, which is one of his favorite movies, and then you're like,. Eh. I don't know. Well, I had no You had no frame of reference. No, yeah, right. no frame so, of reference. So And and I bought I bought something this week that we will play in about 10 years. <laughs> and it's a movie <laughs> trivia What's game.
1: Movie? Oh, movie
2: trivia? Yeah, I would suck it's it's something that. you can't play now. Do you want to win that game? Play with I'll me. I'll play right it now. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, I I I saw it and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to buy this for future episode where we just play this where George can actually compete. Mm. So it, it'll actually, be actually, you know,
1: what we should do is we, we should bring in two scrubs and have them <laughs> beat them up the floor.
2: He's like, When I was 32, I didn't see any movies, now I've seen them all.
1: I <laughs> just bring in two of my sisters, yeah. Oh my
2: god, but yeah, and I'm glad that's why I'm glad we're doing this because I've seen three movies now that I haven't seen before
0: when i because mentioned one today five. uh that you were like oh no one's ever heard of that that's a movie that no one's ever heard of and i'm like oh dude you don't even know yet like mm-hmm. this one is one we're not going to watch it this season it doesn't fit in this season so well right but it's for later and it's you're i think you're going to be pleasantly surprised
2: well i want to clear that up i'm not saying that because i haven't seen it no one's seen it because i know that's not true my my thought was is it mainstream enough to fit into the curriculum that's what i was asking like is it Mm. It, you know, the the mentality here is, every, what do you mean you haven't seen Godfather? Everybody has seen The Godfather. Right. Not That's the,
0: in our wheelhouse.
2: Right. What was the movie you said, Dan?
0: It was
1: Play Misty for Me.
2: Right. Play Misty for Me.
1: I've never heard of it.
2: I know it's a Clint Eastwood movie, but I've never seen it and or really it's never really been spoken of. Mm. So I was like, I don't know. If people will know what that is.
0: Keep an, so I wasn't saying, yeah, oh, I don't know what it is. Keep so an, an ear out, because that's one that gets referenced. Kind of like, um, there, there's two or three movies that involve like crazy nannies that you hear. The Hand That Rocks the Cradles one. Yes. Where people will reference it in other things like The Simpsons and other pop culture things. And if you keep an ear out every now and then, somebody will mention Play Misty for Me uh, mm. in that same kind of context. It's not a nanny movie, but it's it's the same kind of thing where for a while it was kind of go-to yeah. example of a certain behavior
2: like fatal Attraction, is always brought up first you know that kind of behavior it's like oh there's like five or six movies like that right so.
0: exactly kind of yeah. that same yeah you know there, there was one moment and i'm having trouble placing the audio in my my memory of which of the hundreds of jellos i've watched in the past five years uh the music in this movie that
1: la 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 la
0: You hear that motif in Italian movies for the rest of the 70s. Like, get used to hearing that. Mm. And so I had to go look it up. I was like, is this one of the guys? Like, is this one of the Jallo movie guys doing the music? And no, it's some Hollywood guy. But those, uh, you know, two or three guys that do all the music in the Jallos, they were listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. There were a few times watching this movie, I was like, oh, this is so from that. I I, I wouldn't call it a Jallo because I'm not educated enough. But you can tell the influence.
0: Oh man, and that funky score, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just yeah, you're gonna hear this in a lot of Italian movies for the next seven years. <laughs> it well, was what did it so
2: be? funky, dude. The funkiness and that la, that that kind of almost like mm-hmm. the kids singing and like a
0: la 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 la.
2: It's almost like uh, it's a Death little by weird. Chocolate. Yeah, but then the woman swimming, and it's like guy point of view. Watching with binoculars, I'm like it's mm-hmm. just, it's everything that he. It was very jello, yeah, yes. very jello. Yes, and I can't really say that until I hear Dan say it. Then I'm like, yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to sound like an idiot and go, "That was jello." And you're like, "Uh, no." Well, or you jello. could just do what I do and say it and sound like an idiot.
0: <laughs> I think if you were to try to chart it out, I, I, you probably have to say that that was Hitchcock, right? I don't think because okay. Bird comes out in 1970. So you're right in that same era, but I don't think there's been time for it to influence, like it will over the next two or three years in this timeline. So I think you're still, if it's there, it's just a shared influence from Hitchcock. Is what would it, it be is.
2: more like the influence of like the black exploitation type movies? Because that that music's not in a in a Hitchcock film. That kind of I think <laughs> that music is, like is just hippie, I think that is just that 19, funky music.
0: 1971. I mean that's just because. Yeah. The uh, black exploitation stuff is a '70s trope, but I don't know that it's there in '71 yet. Mm. I'm not a, a historian of black exploitation movies, but I've enjoyed my fair share. But most when of them did, come from when the When did Bullet 70s. come
2: out? Did Bullet have that kind of a soundtrack? The Steve McQueen
0: movie. Uh, I don't know the. I wouldn't know the Bullet soundtrack if it smacked me in the face.
1: Right. You know what the soundtrack reminded me of? Probably a movie that neither of you have seen, and it was definitely satire. Black Dynamite?
0: Oh, Black I'm aware Dynamite. of Black Dynamite. I have not yeah, watched it. Yeah, I know what it, it
1: is, but I've never seen it. That's what this soundtrack reminded me well, of. Well, see, and it's that's like what the, we're talking about. Like is the most 70s. That's the, the Black movies, Exploitation Yeah, the yeah, era. movies
0: that Black Dynamite was referencing are the movies that I'm trying to figure out
2: yes. where they fit.
0: But I think those all come later. I want to say those are like 73 to 78.
2: Hey, as long as we watch, I'm going to get you sucker. I'm I'm game.
0: <laughs> as long as they
2: lead into that somewhere, I'll watch any any of those. Cuz Tarantino kind of does that too. He kind of plays into that.
0: Tarantino, yeah, you can tell he really does have an affinity for for that genre. Yeah, the notable ones, the first ones start off in 1970. Uh Sweet Sweetback's badass Ass Song, uh 71. So Shaft seventy one. I mean, you're in the Shaft, you're yeah. in the same ballpark. I think it's, it's just um. It definitely has a Shaft feel to it. But I, I think it's just that era, you know. That era. Just right. that is yeah. what was going on in nineteen seventy. Hmm. Word. I do like some of those movies though, man. Anything with Pam Greer, you know, uh, Coffee is a good one. Um, Foxy Brown is probably my favorite of all of them. Those are good. Those are fun movies. Hmm. Yeah. So where do we go from here? I don't know, man. Do you think we ought to just keep the momentum going where it's going, Travis? Because I think we should.
2: We are going to follow up. Hold on a second. Oh, wait, before, what, what?
1: before you before you do this, I love how you deliver the next movie Why? every week. <laughs> you're like, so we. <laughs> it's like a game show. We today we are going to watch a movie. <laughs> it is about. It is in the genre of something and blah 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 right. it's like tell me what the fucking movie is dude <laughs> alright go ahead do your thing
0: do well, it the way you would do it we, don't change
1: George this week <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna
2: venture down a road <laughs> that brings us into the genre of uh, now we're going to partake in another movie that I don't believe I've seen the entire thing so this is gonna be fun as well uh, Another movie you haven't seen? I've seen it, but I don't remember watching the whole thing. Although I loved what I saw. Oh, it was man. just kind of movie I wouldn't go see with my
0: girlfriend and or wife. Tell about. me what it is what before do you think it I is? strangle you. <laughs> God, it's Showgirls. Okay, we're uh, watching Showgirls. <laughs> Move on. Showgirls.
2: I, I'm, I'm stalling because I, f- I forget what we picked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, no, George, uh, well, George, this coming uh, episode, we are
2: going to be no, watching. No, 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 no. Just edit this shit out.
1: <laughs> or don't. Or, or don't. don't. Or keep or everything.
2: Because it shows the dynamic of this. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to watch Foxy Brown now. Um, We're going to watch Jackie Brown. What? Jackie Brown. Do you know who Jackie Brown is? No. What it involves is who that made the it? the title of the movie? That is the title. Of, is that the right movie, Dan? We
0: are watching the movie Jackie Brown from Jackie
2: 1997. Brown. Is a... Hold on. Do we, do we tell them who made it?
0: I don't or? know that we tell anything about it, because, George, do you have I don't know. any idea what Jackie Brown
2: is? Nope. Okay, mm, let's keep nope, it that way. not at all. That was fun with the first blood. Although, <laughs> <laughs> Stallone is not in this. <laughs>
1: yeah, I might have to start watching Jackie Brown and be like, oh, this is...
0: Rambo 3, damn it. Yeah, Rambo
1: yeah. 3. <laughs> Some character that I know already.
2: No, I don't think you'll no. know at all. No. I was I was trying to search for words because I, I kind of like you not knowing anything about it. So I was going to say, oh, well. this is a blah, blah, blah film and blah, no. blah, blah. Yeah, no,
1: but no, no, I like
0: the fact that you don't know it.
1: I don't know anything about this movie. This is great. Beautiful. We're
0: going to need your wife's help to put the disc in. and
1: <laughs> For real? Do you seriously want me to not know what's on the DVD? Like I don't know. I don't, the, know what the, the art?
2: I don't know what the art looks like.
0: It's not. It won't give anything away, except okay. it's just Who's more fun it? if you don't know. It's more fun for me to push you into these things completely blindfolded and just be like, here's a movie, watch it. <laughs> All right.
1: I do. I like that. Then I'll have Meg put it in the uh, PlayStation so I don't have to look at it and start it and then pause it once the movie's running. Mm so I can come in the room and start watching the movie.
0: Do you think, Travis, that maybe we should let George know that he's got a, uh, a little spring fling coming?
2: I I think that would be fun. A
0: few weeks from now, but he's got a spring fling coming.
2: Yeah. Are you, Are you, uh, I'll let you tell him because I don't want to give away too much.
0: Well, I'm not going to tell you much, George, but <laughs> if you thought the fall break was fun, do you have any idea what we've got planned for you this spring? Um, it's springtime, <laughs> the only pretty ring time. Birds sing, a ding, a ring a ding ding.
1: I mean, is it another like? Is it another horror? It's another
2: marathon, marathon? of some sort. Of some sort.
0: Yeah. We might be increasing your workload a little bit in a few weeks. It's a mar-
1: It's a marathon. We might it's be. It's a break. Planning on. It's <laughs> a. It's a. Franchise where there's. <laughs> Lots of movies. It's not a franchise. Maybe it is. I don't know. But maybe it is. We're not going to tell. Oh, you're not telling me. No, I. There
0: will be
1: (laughs) boobs. There
2: will be boobs, and there will be blood.
1: That's okay.
2: But it's not like oh, we're going to watch all the Halloweens. It's going to be a little bit more. Or
0: is it? Is it? (laughs) Nothing says (laughs) the middle of spring like a movie that takes place in the autumn.
2: That's going to be our next fall break.
0: I think. I think that probably is. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on the remedial film class podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at remedial film pod. You can find us at facebook.com slash remedial film pod. You can join the extra credit discussion group at facebook.com slash groups slash remedial film pod. And if you're feeling the need, the need for speedier mail than you get from the USPS, you can email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We'll see you in two weeks for Jackie Brown. Oh, God, yeah. don't make me watch Halloween 6 again. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, it's great. You'll well, we can it.
2: work in there the uh, Texas Chainsaw remake. We can we could, we could put together a cute little uh, syllabus. I do love the, Texas the Chainsaw
0: remake. And George I mean, will, too.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. It's Jessica Biel. I love Jessica Biel.
0: Yeah, you're going to like Don't Don't like tell my
2: way. wife. Yeah, we won't. She, she's listening now. <laughs> <Yeah. But>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my wife texted me earlier. She's like, did I just hear a flea market Montgomery reference? <laughs> <laughs> From the other room. Yeah, you did. You did, babe. It's you good did. she heard
0: it because it's probably getting cut. No, I think we're keeping that in. That was a good one. I like that right, We
2: need to really discuss the fact that George hasn't seen The Godfather.
0: <laughs> I know. That's really like it's on, in the back of my mind now that we got to get that in somewhere.
1: And you haven't seen Jaws? Nope. Oh, my God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. The only thing I know about Jaws mm-hmm. is it's Spielberg. Oh, it's so Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah, I think a Jaws dress apart. And then Park, if you uh, watch it backwards, twofer. it's a heartwarming story of a shark that <laughs> gives people. that gives disabled disabled people <laughs> limbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no! All
1: right, this is our after credits
2: <laughs> <to> the conversation. <laughs> I think. <laughs>
0: I guess yeah. I never really thought about it, but if you watch zombie movies in reverse, it's like these zombies are putting people back together and putting their guts (laughs) back in. (laughs) I saw that. I
1: saw that in a meme. So that's not not an original joke. There's
2: a trailer on YouTube where they took like a rom com trailer formula and Mm -hmm. made that with Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's (laughs) amazing! Like Clarice, uh, Hannibal Lecter, like love story. Oh man, (laughs) it's good. Yeah, it's genius.